You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Steamheart. Chapter 3. Last Survivor. From the Journal of Agent Jeremy Pines. In 1862, I was seven years old, and I was obsessed with finding leprechauns. It was July, and I dragged my friend Jasper out with me into the fields around Newburgh, Indiana. A brief shower had just finished, and through the gathered, murky-looking clouds, a rainbow was arcing down, landing in the acres belonging to the McFly farmstead. At least I thought it was, which meant I was sure it was. What are you going to spend it on? Jasper inquired as we walked the dusty road. What? The gold, obviously. We're going to get a pot of it, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll probably buy a horse. Will we get a pot each, or do we just have to share one? I don't know. I think since we're turning up at the same time, we'll probably have to share. How about I go first on my own? That way you can hide in some bushes, and then go and get your own pot after. I don't really care about the gold. I just want to talk with the leprechauns. So don't you scare them away, Jasper Boomhauer. I won't. What are you all going to ask them? How to get to Tirnanog? Tirna what now? It's a Celtic realm where everybody stays young all the time. I don't want to stay young. I want to grow up fast and be a soldier. You don't have to come with me. But I'd just love to visit somewhere outside of this world. Talk with the people from there. I'd converse with all sorts of elves. You do that, Jeremy. I'll be back home with my gold. I'm going to buy a whole store and eat everything in it. I'd never taken my eye off that rainbow, and I could tell we were getting close. Then, as we crested the hill, we saw a bunch of men pushing a stovepipe on cartwheels down the road. They were clad in gray uniforms and looked at us nervously. One of them began to raise his gun, but a mustachioed fellow stopped him and shouted across at us. How you boys doing today? Good. You got a cannon there? That's right. We're helping out the army in these here parts. Well, we're looking to find the end of that there rainbow. Reckon we're going to be a few hours. The commander craned around and examined the streams of colored light in the distance. It's a nice day. No real need to hurry home anytime soon. Y'all have fun now, boys. I looked at the man, looked at the stovepipe, looked back the way I had come towards the town of Newburgh. We will... I hollered and took Jasper over a gate into the fields to continue our search across country. That day, the man with the moustache, Adam Johnson, and his troops, along with a bunch of other Confederate partisan rangers, laid siege to our town with their pretend cannons. The whole sortie was predicated upon the threat of force, a bluff that nobody called. And they got away with confiscated supplies and ammunitions without a shot being fired. I wasn't there. I was searching for those leprechauns, and once we were well past McFlyland, Jasper began to tire. How much further? Looks like it's just over that hill. That's what you said four hills ago. It can't be too far. We definitely saw the end of it in the distance at the place with the cows. No gold is worth this. No gold is worth a day's walk? My legs are hurting. I'm going back. You know your way? Yeah, but... What? I asked, still not stopping, though he had. Jeremy, I'm scared of those soldiers. One of those men looked like he was going to shoot me. They wouldn't shoot a kid. 
Only because that commander told him no. I paused and looked back along the path, before taking one last lingering look at the rainbow still ahead. I would never be this close again. Jasper looked small and frightened, fidgeting with his thumbs. I patted him on the shoulder. <sighs> Come on. Let's go home. I know I could have gotten there. I know exactly what I would have said. And I know that every time I've seen a rainbow since that afternoon, something deep inside me has fired the urge to pack a bag and start walking. Parkersburg, West Virginia, March 22, 1883. Today's mission took me far from the safety of the District of Columbia. I was greeted at the limits of this tiny little city by a burly medic named Bryce Tiller. Bryce looked me up and down with suspicious eyes as I shakily dismounted and was swiftly flanked by three RSA soldiers who had been sent to guard me. My jacket was rumpled, I was sore from the horse, and my hand shook as I took hers. You okay there, son? Me? Oh yeah, just excited to be here. You'd be about the only one. This way, please. Is she still able to talk? Been in and out of consciousness for two days. But you might get lucky. Bryce led us, our horses in tow, through the peaceful grassy outskirts to a small cottage at the end of a pathway of white pebbles. She opened the red door and ushered me inside. The soldiers, Elgin, Vig, and Barlow, stood grimly to attention and shouldered their rifles as they took up watch. The interior smelled of junipers with the faint sweetness of chloroform underneath, and I could make out breathing. I stepped into the first bedroom and my gaze fell on Elizabeth Flynn lying on the bed. Sweat beaded on her forehead and eyes fluttering open as Bryce knelt and squeezed her shoulder. Now I could smell the gangrene of her wound. Though her arm had been amputated at the elbow, her blood was poisoned, and I could see in her sunken delirious and severely weakened face that she was not long for this world. She opened her mouth and said through cracked lips, <sighs> Who are you? I'm Agent Jeremy Pines, ma'am. I work for the RSA Department of Mysteries and the Paranormal. We call ourselves Unicorn. We deal with all the strange sights and creatures beside the Wendigo that have been seen by Americans. You hunt monsters? I would far prefer to study a monster, ma'am. <sighs> I'll be honest here, they, they fascinate me. <sighs> I track down and catalog strange things, try to make sense of them, and see if anything I find can help people. I understand that you're the last remaining member of your unit. Do you recall what you were searching for down there in Mississippi? A hole. That's right. All in the air. I saw it. Oh, this is so thrilling. We still don't know the exact location of the southern door yet. You, Can you possibly... You got a map? At this, I eagerly unslung the tube from my shoulder, popped the lid, and pulled out a roll of parchment, unfurling it on her bed. Now, Corporal Flynn. Bessie. My, my name's... Bessie. 
this might be information that saves the human race. Can you please help me? I'll try. You see the area here? This forest is where I think you were. Take the pen. The ink is already in there. No, that's, that's not where I was. It was further south, into the west. In these woods below Jackson. Can you point to exactly where you saw the gateway? I can't... I can't see properly. This is... too much. It's okay, girl. Mm. Little steps. Just get one thing done. Mm. Then one more. And one more until it's finished. Mm. Then you can rest. Thank you. I'm thinking... it was... here. No, no, just, just here. Slightly east of the river. Shall I mark that for you? She started to move, caught sight of the bandaged stump of her left arm, and began to tremble uncontrollably. What have I... What have I... What have I done to myself? You were shot in the forearm. We think by one of the militia down there. You're in West Virginia now. You, you can't go into Mississippi, sir. The people... They've changed so much since I was a child. Everything just got meaner. I'd like to go back there again. Not now. But, but then. Here, Bessie. Where it's marked. Are you sure this is the place? I'm certain. Did you actually get to step inside and see what was in there? I did, but... I can't focus on the detail. It... It plays out in my head. And there's a, a forest. And we're walking together and looking around. And men start... Screaming. And I'm running. And something cuts into me and it starts all over again and we're walking together and then the blood the blood oh Bessie I'm so sorry I've seen people in a state of shock like this many times because of war the Wendigo and other horrors and I was so close so desperately close to knowing what was hidden there But her frightened eyes brought little Jasper sharply back to my mind, and I realized we had to walk home now. Shh. It's okay. You don't ever have to go back there. Rest now. You've fulfilled your duty. With the location you've given us, we can send a new scouting team. We'll be very careful this time. She gripped my fingers and stared straight at me. Her words urgent, slurred with laudanum. Sir, you need to listen attentively to my words. Do not travel to that place. It will kill you. Thank you for your concerns, Bessie. But they would almost certainly never send me. I wish I could go, more than anything. 
just thinking about actually stepping into another place entirely. It's terrifying. But I'm beyond fascinated. I'm hooked. All right. That's enough of your jibber-jabber. The girl needs some peace. I moved to leave as Corporal Flynn began to drift away. Her final words stuck with me. If you do get your wish, you're going to find your monsters, Agent Pines. Just maybe not the type you expect. You have been listening to episode. Th- you have been listening to episode three of Steamheart, Last Survivor, written and directed by Alexander Shaw. Jeremy Pines performed by Matt Wardle, Jasper Boomhauer performed by Lauren Grieve, Adam Johnson performed by Alex Shaw, Bryce Tiller performed by Maureen Foley, and Bessie Flynn performed by Theo Lee. Make your decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Sky Kurilin, Vanishing, and Ossuary, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes by Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 patrons get sponsor credit every episode, so thank you too. Joel Robinson, Abel Savard, Michael Hasco, Joseph Gluck, Kevin Otero, Luke Hatfield, Nick Ord, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicole, Jameis Enright, Mark Luksh, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Kieran Dechler, and Lorraine Chisholm. <laughs>